It's Emily here, and today I want to invite you to make sure to check out Robinhood Integrative Health. If you are a resident of the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area, and you're looking for a doctor who treats you differently, looks deeper into the issues that you're having, and seeks to hear you as a person and really help to get you better, then I can't recommend Robinhood Integrative Health, where Dr. Wiggy practices enough. Make sure that you go to their website and see how you can benefit from their services today. And did you know that they even take some insurances, which basically never happens in integrative medicine. So make sure to check them out and enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here and Dr. Wiggy. And today we're going to cover a topic that was requested from a listener, and that's always fun. You can reach out to us on social media, on um, Instagram or Facebook, or actually if you're using Spotify, you can send a question straight through Spotify as well. And the question was about birth control, hormonal birth control in particular, what does it do? What are the long-term consequences? Why do doctors prescribe it so much for a plethora of problems? and so forth. And so I brought in my own resident expert, Dr. Wiggy, today to talk to us a little bit more about the specifics of birth control. So let's dig right in. Yep. First of all, um, tell us, let's just kind of talk about what we're talking about when we're going to, when we, let's define what we mean when we say birth control by yep. today's episode. Okay, sure. Yeah, because there are different uh, variations of birth control. And I think what the, the main thing we're focusing on today is considered or is called oral contraceptives, mm-hmm. uh, OCP. So these are the pill primarily. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, other forms of uh, contraception. Uh, you know, there's the IUD, there's barrier devices uh, like uh, condoms and diaphragms. So there's, there's different things you can do. There's also implantable rods. So there's lots of different ways you can do hormone therapy or uh, birth control. And, uh, but I think the primary, uh, the most common one that we see is the oral hormonal contraceptives or Mm -hmm. OCPs. And so I think we can focus on that uh, primarily, even though there is some overlap Mm -hmm. between the oral uh, birth control and the other forms of hormonal birth controls like IUD and the uh, implanon, uh, mm-hmm. which is the rod. Okay. Because so, those are both, for the most part, except for some of the IUDs, those mm-hmm. are both hormonal. Pretty much everything's well. hormonal. There's a, there's a few that are non-hormonal. You know, there's a copper IUD that is a non-hormonal form. And then, of course, the barrier devices, those are non-hormonal. But the vast majority of people are on a hormonal form of birth control. Right. Okay. So let's talk about the prescription of birth control I feel like it's when, you know, of course, preventing pregnancy for any reason and or any plethora of, quote, female problems Mm -hmm. constitutes a prescription for hormonal birth control, especially during our adult life. So Mm -hmm. we'll say over the last, um, I don't know, what, 25, 35 years, something like that, Mm -hmm. that, that it's become this kind of explosion for um, treating any plethora of issues. So yeah. obviously yeah. people take birth control for, to prevent pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So let's just, we give that a given. 
let's talk about the prescription of birth control for other female issues. Why that is done and then also why sometimes or often that's not the mm-hmm. best necessarily approach to helping with those hormonal issues. Yes, yeah, that's a good clarification or point of clarification because using birth control for birth control purposes, you you do have some options, but you're limited as far as how you can manage those, manage that. Mm-hmm. Versus the other hand, which is basically hormonal imbalances or dysfunction, that's where a lot of birth control is now being used to to kind of cover up these these problems. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing a lot of uh, women that come in on birth control, not necessarily for the birth control benefit, mm-hmm. but for controlling different hormonal symptoms. So we see a, a, we see a lot of it is used for irregular cycles. That's pretty common. Uh, and then like really heavy cycles, a lot of bleeding, cramping, um, skipping cycles, really a lot of it ties to around just the cycle and, and how it can be irregular, uh, but also is related to certain kind of um, psychiatric symptoms that happen around the cycle. Mm-hmm. So things like PMS, PMDD, <clears throat> which is basically just there's a lot of strong emotional things kind of before the cycle right. and then kind of gets better, better through the cycle and then kind of you have a little, little break. But yeah, we see a lot of it also being used for these symptoms that are happening, which is primarily from a hormonal imbalance. Mm-hmm. And so the simplest thing to do, which is which is traditional, this is kind of what we do in traditional medicine, is to give a birth control pill to cover up those symptoms and to basically shut down hormones. Right. So if you are having these irregular cycles or if you're having, again, heavy cycles, a lot of bleeding, a lot of cramping, that is, again, a sign of hormones being out of balance. And so if you give birth control, it gives a a dose of synthetic estrogen and progesterone usually. You can do synthetic estrogen by itself or synthetic progesterone by itself, but usually it's a combination Mm -hmm. of synthetic estrogen and progesterone. And by giving that dose of, of the hormonal birth control, it actually basically shuts down your natural production. Mm -hmm. So if there is this imbalance between the estrogen progesterone primarily that is naturally being produced, then it shuts that down because you're getting this synthetic hormone. And so any symptoms that are that are happening from that imbalance or that hormonal dysfunction, then those symptoms tend to get better. Right. But the problem is Wait, I was gonna say, so this sounds like this is wonderful. Right. Right. And this is like, oh, well, this is so easy. I just take this pill and it makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can um, not deal with all these problems. It's like a magical pill, which is kind of how medicine has treated it. And, you know, just I don't know. This might be a good place to tell on a personal note. um, When I was very young, um, going to college, I think I was 18 or so, um, I was. I I was not eating well. I was struggling from disordered eating, not eating enough, essentially, and wasn't having regular cycles and went to for my yearly appointment. And rather than addressing the problem Mm -hmm. and, hey, you don't have enough hormones and here's why. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that could have been very gently handled in a way that helped me understand what's going on. It's like, oh, well, just take this pill every month Mm -hmm. and it'll it'll magically 
you know, give you, it'll magically make you have an induced cycle and it's going to be fine. Well, and then, you know, I was on that for 10 plus years and then I don't, maybe longer. And then when Wiggy and I wanted to have children, well, guess what? I, those problems were still there. I mean, I was way healthier at that point, but still was not, those problems had never been addressed. And of course that's, uh, unfortunately what happens is we cover up the Mm -hmm. problems and they're not addressed and then down the road the problems are still there they're just suppressed and so talk about you know someone like me that was on this for 10 plus i mean some women are on it for what forever like their whole menstruating life what are some of the challenges when it comes to long-term exposure of these synthetic hormones and this is what we do month after month after month Mm. without addressing the problems well you you really hit the nail on the head basically with your kind of personal story is that when you start these hormonal birth control uh, pills is that they don't fix the problem and so you know you had probably for you you had low hormones mm-hmm. probably from uh hypothalamic amenorrhea right and that that is a a, a low amount of the estradiol and, and progesterone and so when you start taking a birth control pill, you start getting these the synthetic estrogen progesterone. So it feels like your body has mm-hmm. hormones. And by taking it in the way that it's given with the break, with the placebo for the five days, it does trigger a cycle. Mm-hmm. But the but that's basically a fake cycle. Right. You know, you're you're giving yourself hormones. So you do get that, that lining build up. And then when you when you stop the the birth control mm-hmm. for that break that's when the cycle comes. So right. you are basically again you're 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 forcing a cycle even though you're really not getting fixing the underlying problem. So the underlying problem that we typically see with all these hormonal problems with all these variety of mm-hmm. of issues is that it's usually a again a, an imbalance um, or a deficiency or an excess. And that's where it's it's kind of hard to to pinpoint it uh, right away. Uh, without doing some blood testing and um, kind of seeing where the levels are, but for for some people, it's a, the 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 levels are too low. That's usually again from over exercise or under eating, mm-hmm. and then we tend to see there's this imbalance or an excess of one compared to another. So a lot of times we see that the estrogen levels are fine, but progesterone levels are really low, and in those cases, those are like PCOS cases. Right. Those are heavy bleeding, long duration of a cycle a lot of cramping, uh, endometrial type pain, kind of endometriosis, we tend to see that there's this there's this imbalance there in the hormones. So when you start taking a birth control pill, it basically and it shuts things down. You are you know, some people they're already shut down. Right. So you actually need to start working on getting those levels enhanced. Right. For other people, shutting everything down, it does seem to to help with symptoms because you are shutting down that imbalance. Mm-hmm. So all levels are a little bit lower. Right. And all the levels are just basically controlled by the by the synthetics. Mm-hmm. So what what happens is if people take this for any number of years, well two things can happen. One is when you stop the the, the birth control pills, you basically just revert back to the same issue that you had uh, initially. The other problem that we see sometimes is that by shutting down the natural production for an extended period of time, and then when you try to get the hormones back again, they don't come back, mm-hmm. or they, they they 
they take a long time to come back. And so we tend to see that there's that, that kind of uh, shutting down effect isn't quite as easily just turned off when you stop the birth control. So there is these long-term issues that can happen, either again reverting back to the problems you had initially, mm -hmm. or that it actually caused a different problem right. from taking it. When it seems to me, and help me understand this, that keeping those hormones super suppressed for long periods of time is not exactly how our bodies were designed to function. So what are there other health problems or that can come from having mm. those hormones mm. so suppressed for long periods of time? Mm. So beyond what we've mentioned, shutting things down, you are having a decrease in your natural hormones, but you are having pretty steady levels of the synthetic estrogen and synthetic progesterone. Now, there is some debate about how, how healthy is it to be exposed to synthetic estrogen and progesterone long-term. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's still controversy around that if that causes, causes some problems. We haven't seen really good evidence that taking those synthetics for long periods of time cause a lot of other problems mm -hmm. uh, like bone loss or like breast cancer or cardiovascular disease. We really haven't seen that. Um, so I, I can't really say that there's a lot of, lot of evidence that that causes a lot of long-term health problems down the road. The biggest issue really is the, the hormone levels mm -hmm. and being in balance right because the being in balance is is really where you should be mm -hmm. and everyone should be there for their entire premenopausal life is that they should have good levels of estrogen good levels of progesterone and we know where, where those ranges are and they should be kept there mm -hmm. so by just again taking something synthetic you are basically trying to recreate that that balance again i'd rather do it naturally if possible mm -hmm. But by doing these synthetic hormones, you are kind of getting that, you're still getting some of the benefits mm -hmm. of the hormones. And so it appears to still have some protection for like bones and those types of things. So I wouldn't say that there's a lot of like real serious problems that come from taking it for a long period of time. Again, except for what we've mentioned that it doesn't fix any problems. Right. And your hormones may not come back that easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about, let's see. For, well, we can talk about maybe some different ways you can handle the hormone deficiencies yes, or imbalances. Yes, let's do that for sure. But before we do that, um, I actually just saw this thing that, you know, so as far as the longer term methods, the only one that we, that I know of that's not hormonal, that's not a barrier method mm -hmm. is the copper IUD. And yeah. I know like you probably have a lot of patients that do that. Um and what I saw recently was that that copper coil can implant in people's, I guess, uterus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I saw some pictures of like the IUD when it came out with all the like copper gone off of it and that it implanted in. So there's like, the problem is there's problems with everything is yeah, I guess is. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, cause I know that's a common method with people wanting to not use hormone. Mm -hmm. And of course there's some people have ethical issues with IUDs and everything mm -hmm. too, um, mm -hmm. understandably. But anyway, that's like a completely side note, but. Well, um, I mean, it's, it's a, that's an interesting side note because, because people do need birth control options mm -hmm. for 
preventing pregnancy. You know, that's that's one of the main reasons why why people use it. And you're right, there's no perfect solution. Mm-hmm. It is it is it's a tricky conversation to have with patients because there's really not a not a great solution. The copper IUD is not bad mm-hmm. because it is non-hormonal, so it doesn't tend to affect the hormones. Um, for some, for most people. Yeah, it really doesn't seem to affect the hormones, really, that I've, okay. that I've noticed I've, much. I thought that I've heard of some people that it actually can't maybe, this, but... Maybe, but it shouldn't, because it is, it's not, it's a non-hormonal IUD, so it really And shouldn't. maybe, maybe those situations are where there's actually right. something functional wrong, like the right. coil is implanting Well, and so, the, but that is the biggest problem with the copper IUD, is that it's a firmer IUD, so it is more, it, it is, it does have a chance of getting basically lodged or implanted or stuck in kind of the uterine wall. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a pretty big deal because then you have to have surgery to get it removed. So it's, that's not a, that's not a low. Well, I would imagine that could, if you did want to have children, that could definitely be a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. So for, for that reason, it's not usually recommended if for like a primary or first, uh, first line for birth control purposes, you know, there's, again, there's really no perfect option. The, the low dose uh, IUDs, they're not terrible because they you get less systemic absorption of the hormones okay. versus the birth control pills. Okay. So it's it's okay. It still does tend to affect hormones to some degree, but it's not quite as uh, quite as much as you get with the with the oral options. How about the rod? Like, what is is that the one that goes in your? Yeah. So arm? the rod, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's implanon or nexplanon. Yeah. So that goes in the arm. Mm-hmm. That is pretty high doses of progesterone or a synthetic progesterone so that does tend to affect hormone levels a little bit more uh, again i think the the best option if you had to pick a best best option would be a low dose mm-hmm. of an iud a progesterone iud even though it is a synthetic progesterone still so and i, I just don't like synthetic well, things. so pause there for a moment why are there no bioidentical options is that like not a thing or is that does that not work or i guess i'm just curious myself yeah it doesn't work okay that's the that's the main thing doesn't work folks it doesn't work no it doesn't (laughs) so i have i've yeah patients that we are balancing their hormones with natural or bioidentical hormones and it works really well for balancing the hormones Mm -hmm. but it it actually probably enhances for it makes them way fertile because things are actually working Working better and they're cycling more regularly they're Mm -hmm. ovulating more regularly so it actually can be helpful for fertility, mm-hmm. but yeah, not a good option for for birth control because it doesn't really do that. Yeah, here's the here's the thing. I guess we all just need to be ready to have babies in our forties. And <laughs> I don't know about that. That's. Uh... I'm totally joking. That is not what I, you know, that is not my. No. no, I'm not. Don't hear that. I want to have a baby in my forties. That's not what I said. <laughs> No, that's not, it's not a... I love holding other path. people's babies at this point. I'm good but, with babies. You know, with speaking of bioidentical hormones, which is which is where I think the conversation needs to go, is that that is what I, what I prefer to do for fixing these imbalances or fixing these problems. Because most women that that are having these issues, there is this imbalance. A lot of times with things like PCOS or heavy cycles, it's an estrogen dominance. So... Mm-hmm good levels of estrogen or high levels of estrogen, but low levels of progesterone. So you can use bioidentical or natural progesterone and typically that's all that they need. Mm-hmm. You give that and you can cycle it. You can do it for the last 10 days of the cycle or you can do it for throughout the cycle and then take a break during menses or you can just take it all the way through. There's different ways of doing it and it kind of depends on 
different goals and fertility goals and those types of things. But generally, if you use uh, enough of the bioidentical progesterone, it tends to work tends to work pretty well. Uh, for women that have the low levels of just both, that's a little trickier because you're trying to jumpstart their hormone production. Mm -hmm. And so you really don't want to give hormones unless you have to. Right. Because then you're kind of replacing what needs to be naturally created. So it's more about controlling stress levels. Uh, a lot of times there, you have to have a little more body fat for those sure. that are too thin. Uh, limiting in the high intensity exercises. Those are things you can, you can work towards. Uh, optimizing thyroid mm -hmm. tends to help uh, with those patients. So there are things you can do to help kind of boost up their hormone levels. But I'd say that's a, that's a minority of the patients that we see. The majority sure. are out of balance. Right. Too much estrogen, not enough progesterone. Well, and one thing that I would just mention is I, I know a lot of young women who maybe are are newlyweds or like they're in their early 20s and they want to have babies someday that are dealing with these things that you're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. And traditional medicine is going to do what they did to me right. and say, well, just take this pill and then you can just go off of it someday and you're going to be fine. Like that was literally what they told me, which is clearly not true. I was not fine. Mm -hmm. And arguably for someone like me who needed more homo hormones, right. so suppressing them or controlling them further was actually more harmful than good, as would be if someone has PCOS and they're a newlywed and they want to have kids in five years, get putting them on birth control is mm. not going to be in five years a magical solution where right. they come off and they're fine. Right. And so I would say even more so for the younger people that want to have children in the future, this is even more important to not just use the quick fix and, right. and just forget about it for five or ten years until mm. you're you know, ready to have babies and then be like, oh, well, uh, because that's totally what happened to us. We were like, okay, we're ready now. Right. We've been married for eight years and he's almost done residency. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then it was like, oh, wait, this is not working. And right. so um, I would just encourage like, especially, well, for everybody, but for the young women, especially to um, really dive into those issues and don't take, don't, listen to a doctor that just says oh this is your only option you just mm -hmm. need to take this and someday when you're ready to have babies you're going to be fine yeah no that's a great point because it is important to be thinking down the road just not what's necessarily most convenient at the time right it is a tough balance though because a lot of you know, newlyweds are not they're either not ready or they don't they want don't want to have kids right away mm -hmm. so using some form of contraception you know mm -hmm. makes sense but that's where if there is this dysfunction baseline, I think it's I think it's better to try to get that balanced mm -hmm. and get those get the issue addressed, right? Because I think it'll save a lot of stress and challenge later challenge on. down the road. Because all it does is delay your addressing it. Mm -hmm. Because if you're on birth control for five years, right, then you stop, and then you, for a lot of those people, they revert back, and sometimes it's even worse, right, than where it was. And so then you're like, well, okay, now what do we need to do? And then, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times we see patients come in. Then it's years in. later. And yeah. yeah, and they'll, they'll be like, gosh, I've been, we've been trying, you know, to get pregnant for a year. Nothing's working, mm -hmm. you know, and so, you know, what options do we have? And so we see a lot of patients that they were on birth control, and then they basically just delayed their addressing this problem. Mm -hmm. And so then we get to work, you know, and we start, we start fixing the hormone imbalances. There are ways to naturally boost up progesterone, progesterone levels. There are ways to naturally decrease estrogen levels, get those levels back in, in better balance. The whole endocrine system tends to need to be supported 
in general. So a lot of times we need to look at thyroid levels, make sure that that is good. Look at cortisol levels, make sure that those are good. And so, yeah, there's things that we can do, mm-hmm. but it's better to, I think it's better to address these things earlier on because also the longer you go, sometimes it's also harder to get them in balance. Right. So if you can get them in balance when you're younger, that's great. But, you know, it is, it is that challenge between the contraceptive need and getting hormones balanced. And so that, that's a de- definitely a, an individual discussion with mm-hmm. each patient and kind of each, each couple is that what's their long-term, short-term plans right. and what, what makes the most sense for them at this time. Right. Well, and it, it makes me happy when you come home and tell me about a couple that mm-hmm. was finally able to get pregnant. Those are fun stories. Yeah, those are really rewarding. And, and we've, <laughs> I mean, gosh, I can't, I've kind of lost count about how many patients have uh, we've been able to help conceive yeah. uh, just by getting these levels balanced. And, uh, you know, really one of the more important things for a lot of people is getting their thyroid levels optimized. Right. Getting, getting that fixed tends to really help. Yeah. And arguably that's way less stressful and expensive than fertility specialists. Right. Um, last thing I wanted to ask, cause I don't know how this works. What happens if somebody is on, you know, they're moving toward menopause and they've been on birth control forever. And mm-hmm. what happens when then? Well, there's different ways you can do it if you're heading into menopause. Mm-hmm. Uh, some just like to take it all the way through. They've been taking it for okay. for you know 20 years, and they're just like, well, I might as well just keep taking it until I'm all the way through menopause. You can check levels. Uh, there are two pituitary tests you can do, FSH and LH, and they can give mm-hmm. you a pretty good idea if they're in menopause mm-hmm. yet or not. So, but not I perfect, guess, are but... there any challenges? That, so that's like fine to do that. I mean, I shouldn't say fine, but that doesn't cause problems it's it's generally okay it's just that you're basically using a synthetic hormone versus a bioidentical or natural hormone to to kind of keep things keep things steady for some people they had such terrible cycles and you know terrible symptoms they're like i just don't want to mess with that Mm -hmm. and so there's like i'm going to take it until you know until menopause at that point you know you don't need it beyond menopause because you're not getting any hormones being produced, so there won't be any symptoms mm-hmm. from that. But I think at that point, switching over to bioidentical or natural hormones, I think makes more sense because then you're trying, because then it's actually relatively easy to balance mm-hmm. because they're not having any natural production. So you just get, okay, we'll give you some estrogen, we'll give you some progesterone, and whatever we give them is what their levels will be. Right. So it's actually pr- fairly well to, to balance. I generally think it's better to address the problems again sooner than later and do more natural versions sooner right. than later. I think that any evidence that points towards a difference between natural versus synthetic points to a, a more a higher benefit with a natural mm-hmm. and I think a lower risk profile sure. with a natural. So I always think switching over is always better. Well, because a lot of the old research that was done that made people afraid about of hormones, period, was done on, with synthetic hormones. Mm-hmm. And projected onto bioidentical hormones, it seems like. Yeah, so it's a little bit different discussion. You know, postmenopausal bioidentical hormone therapy or just hormone therapy, that's a little bit more of a a discussion around synthetics versus natural. Right. Because I do think in that case, synthetics are more dangerous than the natural Maybe we'll talk about that another time. If our listeners want to hear more about hormones post-menopause let us know we'll talk about that again so okay i think we covered it all cool right awesome well thank you guys thanks for the suggestions too like i said we love hearing from you thank you so much for joining us and we'll look forward to next time